Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. All right. Well, welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you very much for listening to us. You're listening to 855am. You may also be listening online at 3cr.org.au, also listening on digital radio or podcasting us as Out of the Blue, sorry, at 3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue or on iTunes. You can also contact us on on Facebook on Out of the Blue at 3CR or send us an email at out of the blue 3 cr dot uh, at gmail.com wow that is a that's a lot of out of the blue sorry everybody my name's heather and i'm erin and i'm it's laughing. a busy morning erin's <laughs> laughing at me already it's a great start Fantastic. to the show <laughs> well it is a beautiful sunny day out there today they are saying a top of 19 degrees and today we're going to be talking about the environmental film festival which has just wrapped up this week and also a little bit about climate change and rising sea level which one of their films touched on this week <laughs> We'd never do that, Freddie. Excellent. We're planning such a good time with you, Freddie. Come to the screening of Bohemian Rhapsody on Thursday, November the 8th from 6.30pm at Palace Westgarth Cinemas and have a real good time with Freddie Mercury and Queen. I'm through the sky. 
Tickets are 25 full, $20 concession online at 3cr.org.au or from the station, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. You can also call 9419 8377 during business hours. All funds raised go to keeping 3CR on air. All right, you are listening to Out of the Blue and I recommend everyone gets along and supports our fundraiser, Bohemian Rhapsody. It does sound like a pretty incredible film. Definitely. Now, I know we're a marine ecology show, but off topic, I bloody love Queen. (laughs) They are the greatest stadium rock band of all time and I don't think anyone can really argue with that. There are many great bands. They are the greatest stadium rock band. They own that stage. Freddie is a god. (laughs) Well, yeah. I, to put I'm, it lightly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the film because I think the guy they've cast as Freddie looks absolutely incredible. And I had to IMDB it because I'm like, I know him from something, but they made him look so much like Freddie. Do you know what movie he's from? Uh, no, I don't. He's that Egyptian guy out of Night at the Museum. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. No idea what his name is. Apologies. I'm sure he's not listening, to be honest. I'm but... sure he's very famous. Yeah, I, <laughs> I recognise him from Mr. Robot, which I've only watched a couple of episodes of. Oh, I haven't uh, seen it. But he does look, in the shorts, he does look so much like Freddy. Really well casted. It's creepy how much he looks like Freddy. Which is great. Which is great. Wow. What a way to start off topic on the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a great start to our Sunday. The sea? The ocean? Huh? <laughs> Okay, let me draw us back to the ocean then. So we have just finished up the eighth year of the Environmental Film Festival Australia or affectionately known as EFA. And I did volunteer this year as I did last year. It is a fantastic film festival and shows and highlights some really incredible issues around the world. So first off, massive congratulations to Chris and Brooke who are the co-directors. It was incredible. So it ran from the 11th to the 19th of October and it was at Acme but also at Palace uh, Westgarth Cinemas, which is, funnily enough, where you can see Bohemian Rhapsody at our fundraiser. Love that little segue there. So the film's covered an array of environmental issues, everything from the world's largest electronic dump site um, in Africa, which I can tell you, really, really depressing film. But it already sounds depressing. It was horrible in a good way. It was called Welcome to Sodom and Depressing wow. in a good way. Highlighting I mean, the film or? was fantastic. The way it highlighted the issue was brilliant. The topic was bleh. Right. It's weird. A lot of the films people left at the end and they're all chatting away about how they loved the film. People left that cinema just silent. Just a bit drained. Like nobody quite knew what to do and I think everyone was thinking about their electronic footprint and just wow wow okay yeah Might have um, to look that one up. yeah it, yeah if I can find a link I'll put it on the Facebook page okay um but they also covered things like rising sea level which is obviously uh, a big topic at the moment um and it was even touched on at the Rio Olympic Games during their opening ceremony they talked about and they showed which um cities around the world will be going under because of course Rio with rising sea level is going to lose a lot of their land Right. Now, okay. they're not the only city that is likely to be impacted by rising sea level. Places like Amsterdam with their canal system will obviously go under. Um, Osaka in Japan. You've got Hong Kong. A lot of it reclaimed land for Hong Kong, which makes sense. It will go under. And places like Shanghai, where if 
the sea level rises as much as they're predicting, 17.5 million people will be affected in Shanghai. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. It's, yeah, we do, we do tend to build a lot of our infrastructure in our major cities around waterways. And it makes sense. You need ports. Mm-hmm. We used to ship things by sea, and we still do. We still have ports here in Australia and in Europe and in Asia that still accept a lot of shipping each year. Um, but then there are other places that we don't think about because they're in the middle of nowhere and they're little and they don't support our economy. And one of those places I'm talking about is Kiribati. Do you have any idea where Kiribati is? Uh, you could bet me $1,000 to point that out on a map and I would lose that $1,000. I'd I, love to say I, I could. tell you what. I'd love to say that I know where it is. Last Sunday, you could have bet me $1,000 and I wouldn't have been able to tell you where Kiribati is. Mm. I could have told you it was in the Pacific. Okay. But I couldn't have told yeah, you yeah, where. Yeah, yeah. I'm I could have give... pinpointed it there. Okay, that's good. But it's a large expense of water. Yeah, no, it's a massive place. Okay, so there was a film on Monday night called Anote's Ark. Now, this film followed the former president, Anote Tong, and his country of Kiribati. Now, he's the former president, and I have been lucky enough to see him, if we include Monday, I've been lucky enough to see him speak three times around the world now. Wow. Now, the first time I saw him speak was by pure chance, and it was in Monaco. And it was at the aquarium in Monaco, which I was visiting, and they had the Blue Monaco 2015 Festival on, where he was interviewed by Sylvia Earle, who everybody knows is the amazing marine biologist and he was talking about the upcoming United Nations Climate Change Conference which was being held in Paris in 2015. I was then lucky enough to see him speak a year later at the International Union for Conservation of Nature, so the IUCN, their World Conservation Congress in 2016 in Hawaii. But it wasn't until I saw him speak on Monday night at Acme Cinema in Melbourne that he told us exactly how to find his nation. All right. So his prior nation, to that, you didn't know. Well, you knew it was somewhere in the Pacific. I knew it was in the Pacific and I knew it was probably north of New Zealand. I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't have a ballpark place to put it. But he, it he made it simple. Kiribati is the centre of the world. Okay. So Kiribati is made up of 33 islands and those islands spread across the equator. So they are both in the northern and the southern hemisphere. And because of the international dateline, I don't know if you've noticed, it does this weird loopy thing near yes, the equator. that's right. It does that loopy thing because of Kiribati. Oh, They okay. needed all their islands to be on the same time. Right. So now everyone listening to the show should be able to easily identify where Kiribati is in Just the Pacific. Pull out a map with all that, those timelines, but yes. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty amazing little place. So I want to tell you a little bit about it before I tell you why they're not having the greatest time not on the planet. Okay. Yeah, not, not so much fun. So the Republic of Kiribati is low-lying Pacific Island nation situated just south of Hawaii and just west of the International Dateline. There are 33 islands, of which 21 of them are inhabited. And those islands take up a total area of 313, sorry, uh, 313 square miles, or let's talk Australian here, 811 square kilometres. So we're not talking a big area here. No, that's tiny. But they are spread over 3.5 million square kilometres. Wow. How do you have a nation <laughs> that spread out? It's, it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hence why the international dateline needs to do its weird squiggly thing. Yep. Now, 
Unfortunately, two of their uninhabited islands have already become submerged. When was this? In recent years with changing hurricanes. Oh. Now, traditionally, hurricanes don't usually, well, they'll start to form. The storms will start to form along the, uh, along the equator and then they'll either move north or south. And what they've found in the last few years is that's still happening, but the hurricanes are turning around and coming back to the equator. So, yeah, and double whammy. Yeah. So this wow. is only recent. Okay. So usually they form there. They don't cause any problems at the equator. They move away and that's it. But they're coming back. Jeez. So the islands that make up Kiribati are atolls. So they're all ring-shaped coral reefs that encircle a lagoon in the middle. And because they're naturally low-lying, they have a high ratio of coastline to land area. And that means they're especially vulnerable to sea level rise and storm surges. So Kiribati is one of five countries composed entirely of atolls. Wow. Yeah. It sounds sounds like paradise. Aside oh, from the I whole, know it does, doesn't it? Aside from losing an island or two, but uh, it I does sound I like paradise. I tell you what, it's now top of my bucket list for travel. I'm actually considering going there next year because, Brilliant. as I've told you before, I always want to go to places that I think are going to change. Yes. So South America has been on my list yep. because I think with increased tourism and increased economy, those countries are going to change. It already is. I've been to Argentina twice in the last 10 years and both trips, there was a big change. Exactly. But Kiribati is going to disappear. Well, that's, that's a that's big change. That's the biggest change. That's a big change. <laughs> that's the biggest change. Your, your country is disappearing. So with most of the land only a few feet above sea level. Wow. So okay. on some of the islands, their highest point is two and a half metres above sea level. Two and a half metres. That is okay. the highest point of their country on some of those islands. Um, Kiribati has already seen growing damage from storms and flooding. And they've already had some of their islands disappear. But they get a double whammy. It gets worse. Mm -hmm. So rising sea level surface temperatures are also damaging Kiribati. And this is because the coral reefs, which are critical for sustaining the atoll and therefore sustaining their island, are sensitive to increased ocean temperatures, which means there's coral bleaching, which means they're not renewing themselves, which means... The island itself is crumbling with or without the sea level rising. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's so pretty happy, full on. Happy film was it? Look, I'm I'm going to be honest. It was enjoyable. Okay. It was. Um, it showed how the people they want to stay on their islands. Yes. They appreciate there's a major problem. Um, in 2016, there was a big storm surge with a big king tide, and their hospital flooded. Like, they know they have a problem and they've been starting to build seawalls with sandbags, but the sea level is rising over that as well. Yeah. Look, sea rising is obviously a huge issue around the world. Do you say 2.5 metres is their highest point above sea level? 2.5 to 3 metres in some places, yeah. Now, outside of storms and flooding, which has obviously become more apparent, uh, the estimates that our sea level is rising already at 3 millimetres per year. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but if we're talking about... In the next generation, you know, year after year of just the bare minimum of three millimetres. Well, even just a decade. Just a decade. Well, that's that's a pretty significant step up. Yeah, and the problem is the people in Kiribati are very proud of their culture, as are all the Pacific nations. They all have slightly different customs and cultures and they're all very proud of what they have achieved and what their communities do and what they celebrate. 
but they risk losing their culture, not just their home. Which presents a huge conundrum of what now and and how do we mitigate this? And in the inevitability that we do lose all these islands, what do these people do? Where do they migrate? If they migrate at all, I mean, I, they're so proud of their culture and their homeland, that would be a last resort. But if they are physically sinking into the ocean, mm. what other choice do they have? Exactly. So there was a fantastic article in the New York Times um, in 2016. I mean, we, we've been talking about Kiribati for a really long time. The problem is the the world doesn't seem to be listening. Um, Anote has, has gone around the world and has spoken to many, many people about the plight of his nation and people aren't listening. So is the fact just... that it was in the New York Times in 2016 and still we have problems... So the article was by Mike Ives and he said, for years scientists have been predicting that much of Kiribati may become inhabitable within decades because of the onslaught of environmental problems linked to climate change. And for just as long, many here have paid little attention. But while scientists are reluctant to attribute any specific weather or tidal event to rising sea level, a tidal surge last winter known as King Tide was a chilling wake-up call. And this is when the hospital was inundated and they had wow. to move everybody. So Pacific Island nations are among the world's most physically and economically vulnerable to climate change and extreme weather events like floods, earthquakes, tropical cyclones. While world powers have summit, while world powers have summit, summit meetings to negotiate treaties on how to reduce and mitigate climate, uh, climate change, and carbon emissions, residents of tiny Kiribati, the former British colony with 110,000 people, are debating how to respond before it's too late. So one of the responses has been that Anote Tong, the former president, has bought nearly 6,000 acres in Fiji. Now, this is an island nation. It's about 1,000 miles away. But this is going to be a potential refuge for his people. What an extreme response, but obviously needed. Yeah. Now, Fiji has higher elevation. Exactly. Higher elevation, more stable shorelines. So it makes it less vulnerable to what's happening there. The problem is people don't necessarily want to move. That's right. That's right. So Anote has said that the Fiji purpose was intended as an attention-seeking for the world. He needed to show the world he's serious. He's, his country is going to go under. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, he did mention on Monday night because he was uh, president until 2015. And the new president, unfortunately, does not share his views on the imminent crisis in his country and has started to undo some of the good work that he was doing. Oh, so good. His people are extremely lucky that he purchased that land in Fiji when he did. Right. Because if it was happening today, I don't know whether that would be happening. So he's been talking about how packing up the entire country is not is not going to be easy because you're not just taking the people, but you're taking their culture. You're taking their history. Those people have lived on the islands for hundreds of years. You know, you can walk around the corner and you can tell your children about what happened at that coconut tree or what happened, you know, in the fishing village next door. If you move to Fiji, you lose that. Of course. They're effectively climate refugees. Exactly. And this is a term he said he doesn't like because Mm. he says that it sounds like it's his people's fault that they have to move. So he talks about migration with dignity Mm. and moving but keeping your cultures alive. 
And already they have a system and a, a process in place where people can apply to move to New Zealand. And in this film, Anote's Ark, uh, they did follow the story of a family that had moved to New Zealand. And while there were people from Kiribati in New Zealand and they had their community and they had their church and they still tried to keep their culture alive, they were finding it really, really difficult. Of course. Because the jobs they now have to search for are nothing like the jobs they had at home. It's a really different situation for them. All right, we might go to a quick song. I am. I just want to make it clear, I am in no way making light of the situation here, but we are going to play Six Months in a Leaky Boat by Split Ends. Hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. I, this is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great, and really healthy and nutritious. La, la, la. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. All right, well, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was obviously six months in a leaky boat by Split Ends. Now, today we've been talking about um, the poor island nation of Kiribati, which you should now all be able to confidently identify on a world map. I still need a map. Or a globe. Well, yeah, obviously, I'm not expecting you to draw the whole planet and then point it out. Um, and we've been talking about the, the crisis that they're facing with rising sea level and the fact that their island nation will go under. It's almost inevitable, which is shocking. Um, but before we finished up today, I just wanted to touch on um, a press release that was released on the 8th of October, and it's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, and they've released a, a new report on global warming of 1.5 degrees, which has been approved by governments. And Anote Tong, um, the former president of Kiribati, he actually touched on this on Monday night at the Environmental Film Festival Australia. Now, the press release states that limited global warming of 1.5 degrees would require rapid, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society. With clear benefits to people and natural ecosystem, limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees compared to 2 degrees could go hand-in-hand with ensuring a more sustainable and equitable, I struggle with that word, society, um, which they've said on Monday. Now, this special report highlights that a number of climate change impacts that could be avoided by limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees compared to 2 degrees. Now, the problem is we're seeing some of the larger nations, and I'm not going to point fingers, but United States, you might be one of them. Um, we've got larger nations around the world that have decided that maybe this isn't their problem. That's right. Now, they are being run by a very interesting World colourful. leader, colourful. Colourful character. Could say he was orange. Uh, world leader <laughs> currently. And the problem is that if America pulls out and decides that they don't want to be a part of this global problem, if they pull out by themselves and the rest of the world bands together, the issue won't be as big. Hmm. However, if other countries around the world see America pull out, what's to stop them doing the same? Isn't this the same guy? guy who said he was a stable genius he's said a lot of things yes and i've realized that particularly with recent events with what's happened in turkey he seems to really just like to follow dictators around the world oh okay yeah 
um, which says a lot about his personality. Now, what I would recommend everybody does is this seems so far away from us. You know, Kiribati, you now know, is the centre of the world and is going to go under. What you need to do is I put the challenge out there to everyone to think about what you do in your day-to-day lives and how you can reduce your reliance on fossil fuels because this is the major problem. We need to get the carbon dioxide out of the environment. We need to get it out of the atmosphere. If you want to go and plant some trees, I have decided at the end of this year, because with my new job, I am taking a lot of flights. I've currently taken 31 flights this year. Wow. Yeah. So I am looking at ways that I can try and mitigate and reduce the impacts of my flights on the planet. So I'm currently looking at organisations that plant trees. I would like to, at the end of this year, go and plant trees to try and reduce my impact. It's such a great thing to do. Everyone can do their little part. It really doesn't take that much. Unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our show for this week. So thank you so much for joining us on 3CR 855 AM. Coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday. Go and get some sun. Bye-bye.